0: Blue Wire.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode seven of That's What Be Said, a Cleveland sports podcast. I am your host, Bree Rust, at Breezy Clee, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Brittany Mollis and Meredith Kane at Birdseye View and at MK on Sports. Ladies, we are back in the win column this week. Got a right, lot to sure? cover. Are you sure about that? I guess it depends on what we're talking about, right?
2: <laughs> Technically, a know. win. <laughs> Technically, yes. <Exactly. laughs>
1: this is going to be a positive episode, Meredith.
2: Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <Yes. laughs> we are, we are, uh, we are the beacon of positivity here in Cleveland.
0: That's I really, right. yeah. Before we started recording, I was like, guys, there's so much negativity right now. If we can, let's try to be as positive as we can but you should all know that the first thing we're going to talk about is the Cavs so get ready for that. Yeah Yeah, that's a
1: great segue because it's going to be a long winter you guys. There's only three games left of the Browns and we know how that season is going so we're going to have a lot of Cavs to talk about and we're going to start there tonight. Switch it up on all of you guys a little bit. Because as the Browns were facing their own drama last week at the tail end of last week, the Cavs jumped in and said, wait a minute, you're not going to be the only team in town that's dysfunctional. We're going to step in and add to that. So we know the Cavs are losing. There was an article published on Friday by The Athletic featuring some unnamed players and sources complaining about Coach Beeline. Uh, him losing the team, claiming that the team is being run like college. Vets don't like that. Players don't like that. And then this kind of just went on into the next day where Tristan Thompson spoke out about this. Kevin Love spoke out about it. There were players actually defending Coach Beeline and essentially going after these anonymous players. Mm Brittany. Brittany hmm this is your this is kind of your team these
0: are your babies I just yeah. make you feel <laughs> my little baby a little baby <laughs> <laughs> okay how does it make me feel it makes me feel terrible <laughs> terrible awful I I knew that this season wasn't gonna be easy you know it started off and everything was exciting you know at the beginning of the year you guys had to know that that wasn't gonna last and i see all these reactions now and as we talked about before we live in a very like reactionary society now so anytime something goes wrong it's immediately fire this person get rid of this person trade this guy i'm not doing that i'm saying let's just all take a collective deep breath and try to stay the course understand that this team was not going to contend even though you know i made jokes at the beginning like calves in five calves in like this team was never going to contend that wasn't going to happen there's they're still years away from doing this um but it really feels like lately i of their last 10 they've lost nine of their last ten saturday night they lost by like 50. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of very painful stretches going on right now there's a lot of bad nasty storylines and it doesn't it feels really terrible right now but guys, as the Cavs' number one cheerleader, who, who barely watches them, by the way, <laughs> and hold on, but the reason I don't is because I have been, okay, I was telling you guys at the beginning, and I'll let the listeners in on this too. Meredith, I was telling you about my list before, the, before we started. Yes, the list. The reason why I never get too upset about anything in life is because I have this list of, and I encourage everyone to try this, please you just make a short little list of all the things that really matter to you, like that affect your day-to-day life, um, things that you will allow yourself to get upset about. So my list is, and is this small, it's just my family and friends, number one, number two, Dunkin' Donuts, and <laughs> number three, uh, the, the Browns and Cavs, to a lesser degree. I'm not ever gonna get too upset about either of those two either. Um, wait a minute,
1: wait a minute, I have to rewind a minute. <laughs> So Dunkin' Donuts is number two on the list. I need I need an explanation for this. Is this like I, they don't release peppermint?
0: I like really, in time. What what is going on, me? I dug deep and really I took a look at my life, and this might. <laughs> I took a look at my life as a whole one. And Dunkin' was number two. Like there are things that affect your day to day, and like the and I don't even like include like jobs or employment and stuff because I've been unemployed so many times in my life that that doesn't even bother me anymore i'm like okay like i'll figure it out no worries but like you know dunkin donuts they're there for me every day man they're they're like the constant (laughs) thing in my life (laughs) i sound like a pathetic person (laughs) but it's true so anyway where was i even going what was the point of this
2: you were talking about your things that wouldn't make you mad and the things that you care about yeah but like
0: i i feel like i was gonna tie this into like the calves in some way
2: I think the way you're going, and I've tweeted I've tweeted about this before, I guess like a life mantra and I got this from a friend of mine, uh, is to not let sports ruin your day because yes. it's very, very easy to watch a game and be angry about a game or to read an article and be angry about the article and then yes. that anger just manifests and it can manifest into your everyday life where sure. it just, it, it affects everything yeah. unnecessarily. And, and yeah. it's like, it's entertainment, it's fun, and when it all boils down to it, it is just a game. Yes.
0: Also, that that reminds me what my original point was. So yes.
2: my ori- the reason I
0: brought up this list is because, you know, the Browns have been so frustrating this year, right? Like from top to bottom, it's just been a frustrating year. We can all agree on that. So if they're – and their season's almost done. So I will have time to be frustrated with the Cavs. The reason I don't watch them that much right now is because I don't have – enough there's 60 games left it's gonna be such a long (laughs) winter guys how are we gonna do this podcast oh we're gonna do it listen because we're gonna
2: be we're gonna do it i have been i've been doing cleveland sports radio for the past three years we can do it yeah i mean they're having
1: a pretty bad stretch right now but in a couple of months we're gonna be up against a trade deadline Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of talk about Who are we going to hang on to, if anyone? So we've got some veterans on the team that have been in question of, should they be traded? And Kevin Love, our beloved Kevin Love, who actually wants to be in Cleveland, which we'll get into some other players that maybe don't want to be in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. He wants to be here, and he's a possibility to be traded away. Uh, You have Tristan Thompson, another veteran on the team that was also part of that championship team that should we trade him? Like, should we just start over? And I know that... There's been a lot of fans and criticism on Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, but guys, they're rookies. Yes. And I think it's really, really challenging and tough to have like this in-between team where you have a portion of veterans on the team, mm-hmm. like the two that I mentioned, as well as you've got Matthew Dellavedova still on the team. And then you have these rookies. So I think we have to pick a lane right now. And I think the lane clearly has to be, we are rebuilding and it makes no sense to have these veterans on the team. And I know yeah. that a couple of episodes ago... I didn't want to trade these guys, but the more that I see what's going on, it just doesn't make sense.
0: No, that's true. And like, you know, with Kevin Love, he apparently is requesting to be traded if he had a preference to uh, Portland, which makes sense because, you know, he has like family ties there. I think he's from there originally. Uh, That would make sense. You know, go be a contender. I honestly, and here's my thing about Kevin Love. I I wouldn't have any hard feelings at all if, you know, he said, I want out. I don't want to be a part of this. Because I can see the bigger picture of what the Cavs are trying to do. And if you're not buying into that, if you're not buying into everything that, that Coach Beeline's trying to do, you don't belong on this team because this is a process. It's not you – know, It's nothing good is going to happen overnight. So, you know, a veteran – i I'm pretty sure Jordan Clarkson was probably one of the, the people talking, um, saying, oh, making fun of Beeline for calling things like polar bears and stuff like – he seems like maybe the type yes Mm -hmm. absolutely so all this childish stuff if you don't like it if you don't buy into it you know i go that's it and there's no hard feelings there's nothing about like i totally understand why a veteran like kevin love or even tristan thompson who hasn't you know alluded to the fact that he wants out uh he might and i wouldn't blame him either you know these guys they for a long period of time they played championship ball and you know they're playoff contenders They're ready to go and they're older they don't have you know all of these years ahead of them like you know sexton and garland and porter and stuff so if you want out i'm cool with it i'm on board with what the Cavs are doing i will continue to be on board i don't want you know everyone's throwing these young guys under the bus and saying how terrible they are and you know we got to get rid of this guy and this i'm not on board with any of that just if the veterans want out cool go
1: might I also add that Tristan Thom- Thompson is having one of his most productive seasons. Yeah. I mean since 2016 when Absolutely. we went on the championship run. Yeah. I am just wondering guys how long will it take us to have a should we fire coach Beeline segment on our podcast. Oh God. Cool. You know it's just <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. It's just funny though because it's his first year as a head yeah. coach in the NBA and you have a team that is c- clearly struggling right now but I don't see the same frustration with coach beeline that I do with our Browns and Freddie kitchen. It's just funny. The expectations just being so different. And I think obviously it's the roster construction there, but it's, it's so funny to me that we have one team that is after every game, win or loss, it's the reaction of like, we have to fire everyone and start over. And then the other team, it's not even about the coaching staff at all. It's mm. truly like we've already decided that that team is going to be tanking. So regardless of what happens, we're not going to even have that discussion.
2: Well, yes. I think I think one of the reasons why it's like that is because the Browns have been essentially in a rebuild since 1999, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's where it comes from. And and most of the time NFL teams can take two to three years to do a rebuild. And whereas the Browns just don't feel like they ever have really gotten it right and then I think with the Cavs, like we knew that we were going to be in a rebuild for the Cavs after LeBron left. But yeah. the Cavaliers, like they, the the team won an NBA championship. And then on top of that, we're contenders for winning an NBA championship. They made it to the finals, what, three years in a row after that? Like, that's amazing. And that is not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that the team got the championship uh, and then went on to continue to vie for championships year after year after year, I think that's why there's a lot more leeway um, with the Cavs than there is with the Browns because the Browns have never been contenders. And then this year, when they, th- when everyone thought they were going to be... Expectations. We we saw what was going to happen. Although I will say this about Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and the idea of, of trading them. I don't think... Kevin Love wants to be traded because he wants out of Cleveland. I uh-huh. don't think that's the thing. And I and I get very angry because that's the narrative that people tend to paint and I'm not necessarily saying people in this town. I'm saying, you know, the national level that seems to be the perception of, oh, they just want to leave Cleveland. And it's like, no, I don't I truly don't think that they want to leave Cleveland. I think they do genuinely love it here and I think they love the Cavs and they love the fans, but to the point that Brittany was making, you know, they're, you know, 29, 30, you know, getting up there in years. It's not like they've got six or seven years to go through uh, a rebuild. Mm-hmm. So it's not them wanting to leave the Cavs because they don't like Cleveland. It's just, they want to give themselves one more chance or yeah. two more chances yeah, before they retire. Yeah. yeah. To, to, to either contend for a championship or, or to win a championship. So I'm so, so sick of the, Oh, they hate Cleveland narrative. They don't. They don't no, hate Cleveland. No, like, and I don't think like with Kevin Love especially.
0: Um, you know, Cleveland fans. I don't. I don't know anyone that thinks that Kevin Love doesn't like Cleveland. He doesn't like playing with us. He's always been, you know, super nice. He just he seems like such a nice guy, He's a good right? Fit. He seems to. He really embraced us and and everything. You know, the Cleveland culture. And uh, we'll always love him for that. I can't see him being like a Kyrie once he leaves and then, you know, just bashing us and hiding from us. And Kevin Love's (laughs) not that kind of person. So, like, if he wants to go, I fully respect that. I think that, you know, the Cavs should make that happen if they can, if it's a possibility. Uh, Get what you can for him, which is it might be a little bit tough because, you know, Kevin Love is almost always hurt um that's that'll be a bit of a challenge but well his contract you know. is
2: going to be an issue too because he just signed a huge extension oh so yeah maybe they, like 29 million i think yeah so whoever so yeah so if the Cavs want to trade him they they're gonna have to find a team that's willing to take over that contract so yeah. that's gonna and be, i can't
0: see him doing the whole jr smith thing where he's just like okay you're not gonna trade me i'll just sit out for the rest of the year i can't see him doing that. oh yeah like, no he
2: absolutely not that's that's not in kevin loves nature at all yeah yeah oh also shout out to tristan
0: thompson we started talking about this, but like at, when he was after the game the other day, after that um, article came out, he sat there and he addressed the media. He addressed the article, everything about it. Uh, he defended Beeline. He said, you know, all this chatty, what is it, chatty patty stuff's got to stop. <laughs> if you guys want to tell me who's the one talking to you, I'll roll up on them right now. I love Tristan Thompson for that. So shout out to him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you because he's kind of, he's kind of had, He's kind of had a bad rep, too, after he
1: signed the big contract after the championship season. And he didn't really live up to the money that he was making, to be honest with you, because Mm -hmm. we weren't utilizing him the way that we were in the years past. And I think we were trying, the Cavs were trying to essentially match what the Warriors were doing because it was us and the Warriors. We knew that that was going to be what it was. And for whatever reason, Tristan Thompson just didn't fit within that scheme. And now... John Beeline, props to him, he's been able to utilize Tristan Thompson and get the most out of him. So I do think, like, if he were to be traded, I do think another team would be able to utilize him in a really big way because he's having a productive season, like we mentioned before.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: So, I think that's enough Cavs talk for now. We that, was, that wasn't
0: too painful. I think we can no, do No, I think we I did, did a good job again. with that one. We tried to be as positive as we could. That's right. So Now it's time for dun dun dun. dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
1: Before we get into the next team's dysfunction, which will be the Browns, we're going to address erectile dysfunction because talking about it just isn't easy. Usually, it's brushed off or avoided altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm not feeling it, especially after that Browns game. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash wire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com
2: slash BlueWire. I'd really like to know what uh, Roman's sales look like in the Cleveland area after a Browns game. (laughs) Well, listen, I
1: don't know. Do they have Baker Mayfield as one of their doctors? Because he apparently is commenting on medical (laughs) advice. Just saying. Dr. Mayfield. (laughs) Dr. Baker. All right, guys. So moving into the Browns dysfunction. We had another week of drama that led into a victory and somehow that victory didn't actually feel like a victory at all. So I want to talk a little bit about this because it's so confusing being a Browns fan this season. It's been a roller coaster and even our wins feel like losses. And I would just like to remind everyone that I got a time hop and two years ago, two years ago, guys, (laughs) a mere two years ago on this date. December 10th, 2017. We blew a 14-point lead to the Green Bay Packers. Out of halftime, went into overtime, where Deshaun Kaiser, Brittany's guy, My BB. Threw an interception one minute into overtime, where we then lost the game. And that eventually led us to an 0-16 season. So guys... (laughs) We've come a long way.
0: That was my first ever Browns game, by the way. No, it was. It absolutely was. That was my first Browns game.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I had, to, I had to keep my mic muted through that entire thing because I knew it was coming. <laughs> I and kept laughing, I was, and I, I wasn't even going to
0: mute it. I was like, "No, no, no." I was like, "I was
2: laughing." I was laughing just as hard, maybe harder, because <laughs> 2017 was my first year here in Cleveland. My introductory season with the Cleveland Browns was 0 16, and I remember that game so well because I was I I mean I was also at the game and I legitimately thought I was like this is it I was like this is going to be you know this is going to be that December 31st (laughs) game or whatever it was the prior year I was like Hugh Jackson he's going to be 2-30 and it was Christmas Eve
1: Meredith that was I remember sitting we're going to take a trip back to memory lane I was sitting in the church parking lot on Christmas Eve me and my entire family we would not go into mass because we wanted to hear the end of the Browns game call. And that was when they kicked the field goal to win it. And we were so excited and we went to church 10 minutes late and it was like the immaculate Christmas miracle.
2: <laughs> the, the, the immaculate win. I was, um, I was still living in Nashville that year. And so since I was living in a, in a town, well, we did have a football team, but I wasn't uh, covering an NFL team directly. I wasn't covering. Well, I was, but uh, I was more involved with hockey. So I actually had the opportunity to go home for Christmas that year and i just like remember uh i was watching the game with my dad who is a browns fan because he's from cleveland and he just was like flipping his shit was so excited for that game <laughs> so it was uh i, I was home back in dc watching the browns with my dad for that uh that one win uh, back in 2016 <laughs> it's um, also one
0: thing about that green bay game that gets lost in the shuffle yes. of all the the crap uh deshaun kaiser threw for like 250 yards that game it by was his the way best game. it was P.S. his best game it was i will remember that vividly i Someone, did a lot of defending that day did you Someone? do a, how
2: many victory laps did you do in like the first half of that game britney oh gosh i was like
0: floating to my seat i was sitting in the dog pound <laughs> and i was like this is it this is he, he just needed me to be here guys this it's is our it. franchise quarterback right there <laughs> i will will him to win this game good luck charm him. I Some, <laughs> someone, someone kindly
1: reminded me that it was Demarius Randall that picked off him in overtime. It was.
0: It was. So oh I,
1: everything gosh. comes full circle. So, guys, I say all that because here we are after a win, feeling pretty crappy about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you're welcome for reminding you of that really bad time that we
0: lived through. It could be 2017. That's right. Exactly. And p- I saw people getting mad at that the other day. Like, they said, why does everything have to be compared to 2017? Well, because that was the lowest of low maybe ever for any history of an NFL team. That it, was it.
2: Well, it's rock bottom. And the the Washington Redskins, the Miami Dolphins, and the Cincinnati Bengals this year have shown how difficult it is to go 0-16. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even the Bengals have won a game yes. so far this season, and they are absolute trash. So if you look at those three teams right now, which are the literal, you know, bottom feeders of the NFL, mm-hmm. every single one of those teams have at least one win. It is sure. so hard it to go hard. 0-16, and the Browns managed to do it.
0: And it was weird because, like, during that season, they, like, they, I don't think there was a single game where they got completely blown out. At least not, like, no. you know, we've seen this year. Uh, we've seen that against the giant or um, the 49ers, but like I don't think every game almost was pretty close. So like when That's you what add that into it, yeah, when you add that into it, you're like, okay, like they're barely losing all of these, all literally every single game, and it was just like it was frustrating. I'm still gonna die on this hill that this year has been more frustrating, which is it's weird to say that this one
2: can hurt worse than you know oh sixteen, but the expectations are completely different. So, so the difference between uh twenty seventeen and now is the twenty seventeen team somehow always found a way to lose. Yeah. You know, it's like despite what happened on the field, despite Deshaun Kaiser throwing for two hundred and fifty yards in a single Woo. game, <laughs> they still found a way to lose that game. Yes. Whereas this year, even though you know things are frustrating and there's a lot of drama surrounding the team, we've had six games. Well I would say five games where the Browns have found a way to win. And the reason I say 5 and not 6 is because that Ravens game was uh it was it was like a little like lining. dominating. Whining. Yeah, it was yeah. it was what we had expected from this team. So to look at those other five wins and a, and the frustration that has followed them. Yeah. It's the team that finds a way to win versus the team that found a way to lose. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I, it's
0: weird that we have like such a I don't want to call us spoiled now but like just looking at where we were two years ago and now looking at how we react to wins now it's kind of like jarring um you know like (laughs) i don't know i feel like we should just be happy but the the one win that we all collectively and there's just been one that i can think of uh that we've just been happy we've just felt good about after it happened was the ravens game Every other win we, like, picked apart. And it's like, when did we become these kind of fans
2: that weren't just happy with a win anymore? Why can't we get back to that? Well, I think it's all of the other stories that surround the team. Like, the Thursday night game against Pittsburgh, you know, yes, we, like, it it was a win, and it was really exciting, but then you had, in the last eight seconds, the Miles Garrett-Mason Rudolph situation. So, like, that was one of those times where it was just, it was very hard to be happy about a win this past season it was really hard to be or excuse me this past weekend oh my brain this past Mm -hmm. weekend it was hard to be happy about the win because of all of the stories about obj that came out before and then afterwards when baker threw the training staff under the bus it's just these these things that happen surrounding the game it it makes the win lost in the shuffle and it gets it's just a very frustrating thing and i think that's why the fan and i i I don't want to say like the Browns fans are quote like those fans, but that's, I think why things are getting picked apart is because of everything else surrounding the team, because it can't be just about football at this point. There's always something else happening.
0: And also like, you know, that news kind of, well, not really news. I don't know what it was like a report or whatever, um, it broke like 20 minutes before the game oh, started on Sunday. so frustrating! About yeah, like they really had to do that right before the game. So I was, I was watching that game, and I'm like, you know, watching him like warm up and stuff. I'm like, I wonder if he even knows that this, this is what we're talking about right now.
1: Well, I was at the game, so I, I actually had a pretty good handle as to how the atmosphere was in the stadium because I think there were reports out that like even in the stadium it was like deflating and everybody yeah. was it felt like a loss. And what I will say is. Yes, the, the news about OBJ broke like 10 minutes before kickoff, mm-hmm. which put a damper on things. But the only time that I felt like the fans in the stadium were frustrated was in the first half when we just wouldn't run the ball. Because th- mm-hmm. that, was, that was truly mind-boggling. It was like every single play was a pass. And I think with the timing of that article or the news breaking about OBJ, it almost was like Freddie Kitchens got wind of this 10 minutes before kickoff and literally changed every single play to be a pass play in order to get OBJ involved. Like that's literally what it felt like to me. And I know that that sounds crazy, but Whoa, I'm like,
0: you might be onto something, Brie. This is oh, my,
1: this is my hats, conspiracy. Now we
0: know why they wouldn't throw to Higgins.
1: <laughs> Higgins, I think only played one snap and it was on special teams. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, just the fans were really frustrated with not running the ball. And then we obviously came out and adjusted to running the ball, which Thank goodness, because that was about to get really ugly in the stadium, Mm -hmm. and it felt like a win, like it truly did feel like a win in the stadium. And I don't think everyone was happy with maybe how we won the game because Baker didn't look that great in the game, but it felt like everybody was fine in the stadium. And then after it was just like, I logged on to Twitter and it it was again,
2: (laughs) it was a fire, it was a fire, and then the press conference. Yeah. So someone asked Freddie, I forget who, but someone asked Freddie after the game about not running the ball in the first half. And his answer was very simply, I thought there were, the, I thought we had plays in the air or I thought we had plays in the past game. I forget the exact quote, but it was very short. And it was just like, I thought we had plays in the passing game. And that's all he said. And and he didn't elaborate and he, he didn't, you know, expand upon it. And it's like, what, like what plays were there? You know, with so. a
1: quarterback that has an injured hand. Yeah. Like and
2: and at your top receiver, which is apparently nursing a, a groin. Allegedly. Yeah. A, a sports hernia. So what is, what's the difference between a sports hernia and a regular hernia? Does anyone know? I think it just I think it's just like the cause of it. So and here's like so here's. Let's Let's ask Dr. Baker. Yes. (laughs) We're going to have a new segment. Ask Dr. Baker. If you have any ailments,
1: we're going to ask Dr. Baker.
2: So, yeah, like that was uh, – we don't have this on the rundown, but I will say those comments um, that Baker made about the training staff, um, I will say this to you, Baker, uh, because I know you listen to our podcast very, very closely every week. Um, It is not a great thing to throw – any kind of coworker under the bus—it doesn't matter whether it's uh, someone that you play with, uh, someone that you play under, or someone who works in your building. Not a good idea, especially not a good idea when that person is uh, responsible for your health and well-being. Sure. So that's where I'm going to leave that.
1: <sighs> yeah. yeah, I'm a baker not apologist, great. but I heard that live and was like, "Oh, it's that. It's like the GIF. What is you doing?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tweeted out the video of him saying it and just the I it just I don't think he realized in the moment what he was saying and um yeah, then he went to Twitter fifteen minutes later. So um and, and then the very <sighs> next day, uh yes, uh Monday in Freddie's press conference, he said that he addressed it uh with Baker. Um you know, it leads me to believe that it was addressed to Baker pretty quickly, which is also why he took to Twitter pretty quickly. So
0: maybe, maybe Baker did that to take some of the pressure off OBJ and all the questions, all the OBJ questions. You know what?
2: Maybe that could very yeah. well be, you know, him another just conspiracy for, theory. You know, just there you go. Looking out for his teammate. He's like, you know what? There's a lot of stories surrounding uh, my my guy yeah. right now. So I'm going to say something outlandish. So now yeah, uh, I'm going to say something the stupid to take
0: the, all the heat off of him. Watch. And you know what? If that's a good leadership, man, I applaud <laughs> you for that. You really took one for the team.
2: Um, and this is why this is the beacon of positivity, because that might be the most positive spin I've heard. on right? that there situation. You go. I'm so on far. one tonight, guys. Well, there Brittany, you go.
1: I do have to ask you, though, because you are. an obj lover you've been very Mm -hmm. open about that i think Mm -hmm. and when he was signed and you know with him the speculation of him not wanting to be here i wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because i think you were taking some heat on twitter because you tweeted immediately
0: after the report came out if you don't want to be here don't be here Mm -hmm. you still feel that way 100 percent. and i feel it doesn't matter what team you know if it's the Cavs or the browns um i've I'm very consistent about this in that I love Cleveland first more than anything, except for maybe Colin Sexton. I'd probably be (laughs) pretty pissed if the Cavs got rid of him. Let's be clear about that one. But uh, when it comes to like OBJ or Kevin Love, whoever, I don't, if you don't want to be here, like that's fine. Like, and with OBJ, I personally feel like the reports were probably true, Um, but Again, like who amongst us hasn't complained about our employer before <laughs> yeah. and said, hey, take me out of this place? Like <laughs> I, <laughs> I've probably said that like a billion times to co-workers in my life. So, you know, I get it. Um, I do believe that he probably said it. I don't know. I can't say for certain, obviously, if he means it, if he really wants out. But um, wide receivers historically are, for lack of a better word, like prima donnas, right? they're the ones they they're out of every position player you know they you've seen way back with like terrell owens and chad johnson and they're these outlandish like characters okay um and you know with obj he is a number one receiver talent he just is he's not being utilized as one he hasn't been all year um and i get it if he wants out if he wants to go somewhere like you know new england and and spread his wings and be number one, by all means, like, I'm all for that. I feel like OBJ was never part of our plan. Um, You know, they had an opportunity to get him, so they went and got him, which totally, you have to do that if it's possible. But they've struggled all year to to fit him into their offense. And to OBJ's credit, even though wide receivers have a history of being this, you know, with the attitudes and then all that, he has been very, um, you know, team oriented, team first. He has been, you know, he's he's done everything that they've asked him to do um, without complaining. Until recently, you hear these stories that come up and, and he says these things. And I get it. So, you know, much like I feel about Kevin Love, same I feel about OBJ. I respect you. I wish you well. I'll always love you. But like if you want out. Cleveland always comes first to me. The team always comes first to me with exception of Colin Sexton.
2: <laughs> well, I will say I will say this about OBJ. I think the only reason the, like you know, these reports are coming out about him saying these things. So if he is saying, you know, come get me, get me out of here, I think the only reason is because the Browns aren't living up to expectations yeah. and the Browns aren't winning the way they should be. Yeah. I I think that if obj went to la or or any other team that it was reported that he wanted to go to and the same thing was happening he'd be saying the same things like i don't it's not it's not a cleveland thing no it's a fact that he's not he's not being used uh he's not he's he's not contributing the way that he wants to contribute um you know he's his production is down He's struggling with injury. He's just everything is frustrating him. And so I think a lot of this is coming from a place of frustration. And then again, you know, there's only been one out of the five wins or one out of the six wins that have actually felt really good. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to with him. So, uh, you know, it goes back to the point that I made earlier in the podcast where it's not him hating Cleveland and it's not him hating the Browns. It's just him being frustrated with the situation. And that's you know to me i mean and that's just sort of my my opinion from what i've heard and from what i've seen is just him it, it, he just wants to win and if cleveland isn't winning then that's not where he wants to be so it's not anything to do with the city or or anything about cleveland it's just you know obj yeah. wanting to be obj
0: yeah yeah I, I i agree like i don't think it's nothing personal against the city um he loves playing with jarvis i know that Uh, So like if he wants out, it's just for professional reasons. And I'm totally on board with that. That's why, you know, I'm allowed to change my mind, guys. If, you know, (laughs) I can still love someone from afar. I do it all the time. Hello, Lamar Jackson. (laughs) I love people from afar constantly. So, you know, I'm I'm allowed to say these things. I'm allowed to say, hey, you know, you can go like that's fine. I'm never going to hate the guy. But, you know, I love Cleveland first and foremost.
2: Brianna, do you have anybody that you love from afar? Because I definitely do. And I'm curious if you do.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I actually became very enamored with Kawhi Leonard last year.
2: Oh,
0: Kawhi. That's such a good pick.
1: I, I just like he just he's like my version of Nick Chubb in the NFL. And I always draw that comparison. But he's really hardworking. He's humble. He's not someone that wants to be in the spotlight. I actually think that because he plays a professional sport that thrusts him into the spotlight. But he would be totally fine not being in it. And yes. he just is a really, really good player, but it's not about, it's not about him. It's for the greater good. Now, I, I know you could probably challenge that based on his injury and sitting out and all of this stuff, but I was just rooting so hard for him last year in Toronto.
0: Yes. No, I love I,
2: that. 100%. 100%. That's Meredith, one. Who's, who's your pick? Uh, my, my uh, love from afar is definitely George Kittle. Uh, I have a weird <laughs> obsession oh my gosh. with George Kittle um, because he's just he's a bro and he's like my type of bro. And I love that. But also, I just feel like tight end is such a rare position in the NFL. Like it's so rare to find that like top talent tight end. And he is just killing it out in San Francisco. Like Kyle Shanahan knows exactly how to use him. And, and we definitely saw that in this week. Like it's just like he gets the ball. And he's either going to run for 10, 20, 30, 40 yards, or he's going to find the end zone or something. He's just, he's so good and he's just so dynamic. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So I I'm here for all of the uh, George Kittle content.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I feel like it's,
1: I, I mean, I do root for other players on other teams, like in a lot of cases, especially if they're good guys, like i it's, I'm with Brittany though. Like Cleveland comes first and I will actually say that when the OBJ trade rumors were going on back in February and early March with the Browns, I actually was not a proponent of getting him and not for reasons that other people may have thought about from like a personality standpoint and like the drama that he brings. And I say drama in quotations because I actually think that that's just a misperception um, Mm -hmm. about him. I just didn't feel like Baker Mayfield was the type of quarterback that needed this wide receiver one, if you call it. Because Mm -hmm. based on how he was playing last year, for God's sake, we had Breshard Perryman who looked like a really good wide receiver and Baker was spreading the ball around. So I was just concerned that by adding OBJ to this offensive mix that it just didn't fit what we were doing and what was working well. And now I feel like we are so focused on like being worried about who's getting the ball and who hasn't had the ball and who needs a pass that we don't run the ball or like Jarvis has had too many touches. So we have to try to force it to Odell. And I do think that that is impacting some yeah. of the decisions that are being made by our quarterback. And we want to blame play calling, which that has a lot to do with it. But I also feel like in the back of Baker's mind, like there's a lot of pressure on him to make everyone happy. And that's almost impossible to do. So yeah. Give me more Nick Chubbs. Give me more Jarvis Landry's. Give me more Kareem Hunt's. Give me Joe Showbert's. I mean, I want the guys that truly want to win and don't care about how many touches they're getting. Yeah.
0: Did you see that clip of uh, Nick? It was Nick Chubb and Odell. And Odell came over to him and he's like, man, I want to score a touchdown. And Nick Chubb's like, I want to win. Yes. That like, was that the Miami was, game. That was something, man. That, that said a lot yeah and
1: nick chubb just posted on instagram which he's my little he's my Kawhi leonard i know (laughs)
2: is he he's your baby baby. he
1: is baby nick but he posted himself on instagram and was like I'll be whatever Cleveland needs me to be, and then he put the I little know. bat like
2: he was Batman. I, I, was, <laughs> I literally was like, "I'm crying right now." I love you, Nick. Hold on, I like I'm pulling out my phone because I ha- I have to see this. It is so cute. I haven't. Also, we that. need to talk about uh,
0: Mac, Mac Wilson, Mac and, yeah, Mac and oh Joe, Mac and Joe, the bromance, the Bash brothers. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm obsessed with them. <sighs> me too.
1: And I I love Obj and Jarvis's relationship. I do. Yes. Like I was so enamored with Obj once we got him. And I really want it to work out. And I hope, I hope that it does work out because he's under contract. So, sure, you know, no yeah. decisions. I don't think any decision has to be made at this point in time.
0: No. And, you know, if I'm, I'm torn because I do love him. Um, but if they're not going to utilize him right, if he doesn't have the attitude that he's willing to go, you know, it's a tough situation. So if he wants to go, I say go, you know, find a way to, to trade him out. We're good. Like we'll, The Browns will bounce back. Uh, we still have more than enough talent on the team to be in a better spot next year if a few things change, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'm good with it.
1: All right, guys. So we have to get to our recurring segment of the week. <laughs> it's Fire Freddy time. However, I think this segment's going to take a little bit of a different turn because I'm pretty sure at this point we all think he should be fired. So instead... We're going to do an Ask Freddie segment. So hashtag at Freddie, tweet us your Freddie Kitchens questions because we do have an insider that has the opportunity to ask Freddie questions. So we want to know what would you ask him? And I had a really hard time, you guys, coming up with a question to ask Freddie because I have so many that it's really hard to narrow down just one. Yeah. But I came up with, and this is as basic as you can be, what – are you doing (laughs) 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 is that loaded
2: (laughs) um i feel like it's it might be more like um oh no baby what is you doing (laughs) yes it's oh
1: i think we have the title of our show (laughs)
0: i was not expecting that and i'm so glad uh, you said i could have to mute myself
2: <laughs> no that's oh, a God. that's
0: an excellent question
2: <laughs> that's just it, that'll be the episode title oh no baby what is you what doing what is you doing <laughs> <sighs>
0: oh that felt good to laugh you guys we needed that, that- I don't even know how to follow up with that because I, que- <laughs> I have two questions written down. Brittany's out, like, I these- have legitimate questions. <laughs> no, actually, Brittany's- I have one legitimate question. Let's talk hurt ourselves. <laughs> okay, so the first question I would ask, and I saw, <laughs> do you remember that um, the exit interview in the office when Toby or when Michael was sitting there with Toby? Toby was going to Costa Rica. I Let mean, me I'm paint- not an
1: advocate. Of- I don't really watch the office all that Let
0: much. me paint a picture for you. So okay. they're sitting there, and M- Michael is like, you know he's so excited because he finally gets to to slam toby for everything and he's like number one question why are you the way that you are <laughs> that's also follow a great up question, question follow-up question what gives you the right <laughs> <laughs> but you know after i got those out of the way what i would ask him and i would he, these are questions that he has to answer guys okay so this is my question why do you hate hollywood higgins (laughs) that's it because i'm so frustrated that has been my main frustration all year also
2: actually no i have another question too so i'm at four now (laughs) okay okay. so here's so here's a funny thing i'll pull the curtain back a little bit um uh since i do cover the browns and i'm in those press conferences um the public relations person tries to time the press conference to a certain point. And so when you're getting towards the end, he'll say, hey, one more or two Mm -hmm. more or something to that effect. And then there's always, like, that one reporter that tries to sneak in, like, three or four more questions. Mm-hmm. And that's what Brittany's doing right now. <laughs> that that person where, where the public relations guy is going, alright, guys, one more. And Brittany's like, alright, I've got, like, seven more. Be <laughs> like, wait a second. How dare you? Exactly. <laughs> is that one of your questions? How dare you?
0: How dare you? Yeah, Like, all of my questions are quotes from the office, actually. <laughs> actually, that would make the press conference. Which is pretty interesting
1: <laughs> oh if you God. could just get access and just quote things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I would also ask it like, you know, we've seen it a few times, whether it be with Higgins or with Najoku. Um, these guys are healthy, and we never really get answers as to why they never came back on the field when they were healthy. And he'd be very, you know, vague about it and be like, "Well, you'd have to ask him," or "Why don't you ask him what he's like." Okay, we're we're asking you, so why don't you answer the damn question? So
2: that's that's so frustrating because yes. I feel like when you ask Freddie that kind of question, because it has been asked of him before multiple times, and when right. he does say, you'll have to ask them, that, that leads me to believe that Freddie doesn't really have any idea what's going on in his <sighs> own locker room. And yes. that is not a great feeling. So if we're in this Fire Freddie segment that we've been having from week to week, that, those answers that he gives to those questions, where he says, Oh, you'll have to, you know, oh, you'll have to talk to him to find out what the situation is. Yeah, it's is. like, dude, like,
0: you're the coach of the team. Why would we ask that? Like, you're supposed to be running this show. So if someone has a question about this show, they're going to ask you, sir.
2: Yeah. So uh, some of those questions have been asked, and it's, yeah, it, it, it it's definitely disconcerting his answers and how vague they are or he tries to direct you to ask the player directly and then the player's not going to answer those questions you know like that like they they know better they're going to give something equally vague or they're going to say something to the effect of like I'm just gonna you know I'm going to do what I'm told I'm gonna do my best to help out the team I'm gonna go where Freddie needs me to go and if that's the bench that's where I'm gonna go so I mean that's like that's the type of answer you're gonna get from a player.
0: The joke Joku said, like, repeatedly, I've been fine for weeks. Like, I don't know. I don't know what was, like, what's the holdup? Yeah, So, yeah, who are we supposed to ask if not you, Freddie? There's definitely a lack of communication happening,
1: and I oh. actually think if I had to ask a real question, I would also probably ask the token, like, interview question that always gets asked, like, what do you think your biggest strength is and what your biggest opportunity <laughs> is? Because I would be really curious to hear him talk about what he thinks he's good at and what he thinks he needs to improve on because Ooh, I would
0: love to hear him answer what he thinks he's good at.
1: Yeah, cuz I, <laughs> I feel like that could apply to everything like offense, yep. defense, special team. Yep. Like I actually feel like we don't have an identity as a team right now and that's really concerning at this stage in the year. Yeah. Absolutely, it's like we're just trying to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks, and yeah, we still I haven't mean, quite figured it out.
2: I mean, Baker looks different every five minutes. So, uh, I mean, that's just so like, true. It's just he was like back med- to like
1: Detective Baker <laughs> I know.
2: this week, Doctor Baker, Detective <laughs> Baker. Yeah, that's like that's just like the the metaphor for the team right there is we don't know what what team we're going to get from one minute to the next uh, we don't know what baker we're yeah. going to get from one minute yeah. to the next
0: did you guys see that stephen a put baker mayfield number four on his list of most annoying people in
2: sports <laughs> what? no oh who's God. number one two and three? No. Oh my goodness okay so oh God. um
0: number five was i think the cowboys four was baker mayfield uh three was antonio brown Two, I think two is Cowboy fans. <laughs> I and then n- and then number one, to his credit, Stephen A put himself at number one. Oh, oh okay. God. <laughs> He's I was so <laughs> self absorbed.
2: <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know how Antonio Brown wasn't number one, like number three. I would put Antonio Brown above Cowboys fans, but Oh absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's it's a it's a funny list. It's a pretty good um, list. It was a good time.
1: Man, the scrutiny. All right. Well, we were going to talk about the Indians, but I feel like we should fast forward over that. We can talk about the indians next week
2: yeah so winter meetings are going on this week so next week we can talk a little bit about what happened and what our takeaways are from that
0: yeah we don't talk about the indians yeah
2: because uh, Brittany, (laughs) i i
1: am dying to get to ohio state my my second favorite second favorite subject on the show and uh, i have to hear about your story because you were watching the game Oh uh, on gosh. Saturday with with some Ohio State fans, not me, which I don't know where my invite was, but <laughs> I need to me, know. You did not
0: want to <laughs> go where we were. OK, you tell me why. <laughs> OK, so first of all, I need some Notre Dame fans as friends. Like my only <laughs> friend I have is Notre Dame fan is my mom. So, guys, whoever's a Notre Dame fan, like, please raise your hand. Be my friend. But I don't have any. And doesn't matter anyway, because they weren't doing anything Saturday, obviously. So all of my friends were like, oh, let's go to Dive Bar, which is, Bree, do you know Dive Bar in Cleveland? No. West 6th Street. Oh yeah. That's all you need to know. But... <laughs> that's,
2: all, that's all you need to know about Dive. It's on it's West 6th very, Street.
0: It's very appropriately named. We'll say that. Um, but they play good music, like, you know, Jaw Rule and stuff. So <laughs> that <laughs> part's pretty Always cool. Always on time. Yes, exactly. Uh, so... I walk in there and like, these are all people that like I've at least met once. <laughs> and I walk in there and I am wearing a Colin Sexton T-shirt. Oh boy, <laughs> Cause you know, I'm not going to dress in Ohio state stuff. I, I have it. And if I'm in Columbus, I'll wear it. But like, you know, around Cleveland, I was like, okay, like I'm going to be neutral. I don't want to like stand out. So I'm just going to wear this Colin Sexton T-shirt and everything's going to be fine. So we walk in and <sighs> guys i can't go anywhere without people attacking me about either (laughs) notre dame or colin sexton (laughs) so for the first like half hour that i was there i had to i was under like verbal assault by buckeye fans and then like i was like okay like i'm not gonna field questions all night about these things that i should not have to answer for like i these are about colin sexton let me be clear Oh, oh yeah they hate him (laughs) <laughs> you had to field questions on Colin Sexton. Like yeah, like, I'm his PR person. <laughs> like, oh, he's a six-man, oh his God. ceiling is <laughs> trash. But And I'm just like, guys, can I just, like, enjoy Wisconsin beating Ohio State right now? Like, can I do that for b- before they give up this lead? Uh, which they did, of course, because everyone knew that was going to happen. But every time Ohio State scored, they, you know, like, circled around and, like, giving me high fives. And I'm like, you guys, like, can we just be, like, nice... Sane people for once in our lives. I mean, so I was, that's a lot to ask for of Buckeye fans, to be honest. It really is. But
1: I, you brought up something that I wanted to touch on because you said that you wanted to enjoy the Wisconsin lead that was happening, mm. which only yeah. lasted a half. Yeah. And I, and I was watching the game and I was extremely calm throughout the entire first half. There was yeah. zero panic from me and i i get very emotional watching football games mhm and i then draw drew a conclusion that we've talked about this a little bit on the show before but being a buckeye fan and being a browns fan could not be any more different and it uh-huh. was in that moment that i realized wow my saturdays and my sundays are literally the opposite so i I, night and day night and day (laughs) and i tweeted about it and i got so many reactions and responses because so many people were saying like even with the browns having a lead you still are in like full-blown anxiety panic mode because you know that there is a (laughs) chance that they will blow it it doesn't matter if you're up by 21 points or up by three points You were in this constant, like you're on the edge of your seat, like what's going to go wrong? What could happen? Because everything bad that could go wrong has, has happened
0: to the Browns before. Sure. We started this show off talking about that 2007 Green Bay game. Uh, These things happen. (laughs) See, it came full circle. circle. These (laughs) things happen all the time with the Browns. And you know, even this year after that Cincinnati game, we're all just like, it's fine. We're just like, what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel Whatever. I feel like the
0: Browns have like ru- they've ruined me. Yeah. No, 100%. They broke you. They broke me. Oh, but yeah, gosh. like I you know, I was being very quiet too. Like, you know, I was standing in the back um while they all were, you know, upset that Ohio State was blowing it in the first half. But like if you've watched Ohio State all year, you knew that they were going to turn it around. They're just they're just a very good team. So like at no point was I like, oh, Ohio State's really going to, you know, screw this up. No, that never happened. But you know, I was just being a nice person. I wasn't like cheer I was I was taught because I was raised in a household that was split between Notre Dame and Ohio State, we never cheer against another team, we just cheer for our team. So, I was cheering for my team, which was Colin Sexton, which is why I was wearing that shirt. <laughs>
1: yeah, they were also playing on Saturday. So, I mean, it was fair. You were supporting.
0: Ugh, they were that playing. Game well, you're, yikes.
2: <laughs> Brittany, you're a much nicer person than I am because um, I wasn't able to bake it, but uh, I was texting one of our mutual friends that you happen to be out with. Uh, and I was trying to be like, trolling like hey how's ohio state doing but apparently he like turns his phone off during and that's what he told me later he was like oh yeah i just turned my phone off during the game so i didn't see your text until it was over oh if
0: it's who i think it is he was just sitting at the bar for like that whole time just like staring at the tv yeah it's, it's exactly who, it's exactly who you
2: think it is, it yes. is. he was not in any mood <laughs> so you were being nice and i was being an asshole from a distance <laughs> i
0: was i was being nice and oh buckeye fans of course attacked me because in their nature, I guess. Don't generalize us like that, Brittany. <laughs> Come on.
2: are not all Ohio State fans. The, the
0: Buckeyes buck are the only... Let's be clear. Bucknuts. <laughs>
1: yes, they are the only thing that I can... that is actually consistent in my life. So when you listed off your three things that won't make you mad, your priorities, I have to put my, the Buckeyes in mind because they are the most consistent thing that's happened. And I also just have to give a shout-out. The men's basketball team... The Buckeyes are number three in the country right now. They are nine and zero, and they look pretty darn good. And I am ecstatic because when the Brown season is over and the Cavs are disappointing us, I can turn to the Buckeyes again. They are there always a constant.
0: So th- does this mean I'm going to have to watch college basketball? We're going to talk about it because we got to add stuff in. Because if we just keep it at the Cavs for the winter, this is going to be the most depressing show. Yes, I think we have to talk college night. hoops because absolutely they're going to keep okay. us warm at night. <laughs> All right, so I have to start watching Notre Dame and Wake Forest. Got it. Wait, what's Wake uh, Wake Forest? Wake Forest, that's my like number 2 team. Uh,
1: okay, well you we learned something new.
2: <laughs> uh, Demon Deacons bibbit. <laughs> Virginia Tech is a basketball school now as evidenced by our uh football loss to UVA. So, yeah, Go Hokies. All right. Woo! Well, college basketball coming to
1: you guys soon. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for episode seven. We talked about a lot of different things. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcast. Make sure you rank, rate, and review us. We love hearing your feedback. And we will talk to you all next week.